Welcome to Startup Business Q&A episode 231. Thanks everyone for joining in today and watching uh, or listening on the podcast, of course. Uh, Awesome to be here. I hope you all had, if you celebrated it, a wonderful Christmas break and uh, are having a bit of rest at least this time of year. Um, It's a wonderful time, a wonderful thing when you've got holidays, uh, but with the events on certain days. So having like Christmas at the end of the week and New Year's at the end of the week means we can still get stuff done uh, in the first few days. So I'm really pleased that that's the case. And uh, thank you already for those of you sending through questions. Today is another AMA. We did one last week. I really enjoyed it a lot. So I'm suggesting we do it one more time uh, before we hit into 2021. So it's been 52 wonderful weeks of this. Uh, and you average about eight questions. That's over 400 questions. Um, that have been answerable, 416 questions that have been answered this year and uh, really enjoying uh, this process. So thank you also to Restream for partnering, but mostly thank you to all to you all for showing up and uh, and and doing this. I really love it every week. Um, uh, Majura has asked on Instagram, how are you doing? I'm really great. Thank you. I had uh, rest where I could, uh, which was awesome. And I've been um, not doing too badly uh, in terms of uh, sleep and things like that, a bit of exercise, not too overindulgent, indulgent in terms of the food too. I certainly um, am thankful to the team uh, for for doing their part the last week or so. So I, I've not had to absolutely smash myself uh, in terms of the work I'm doing. And uh, just generally speaking, uh, very pleased with how the year's gone uh, in terms of the business at least. And I'm looking forward to what we've got ahead in uh in the new year so um if you're watching right now live just pop into the comments if you're part of hashtag team live and where you're watching from uh if you if you're listening to the replay then do of course share um in there things like where you're watching from but also that your hashtag team replay that'd be really awesome to do and uh now i i just say if you have any questions on anything at all you can ask away i will also be announcing the winner of Seth Godin's new book, um, The Practice. I really, really love the angle he's got here. Um, so I'm really endorsing the book a lot. He hasn't paid me to um, distribute it, I'm afraid. Um, but I do think it's one worth reading. And um, so the winner has been selected from the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook, and I'll share that um, very soon. I want to say, if you're not in the Entrepreneur Business Group already, you should definitely jump in and check it out. Where's my link to it? There you are. So on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can see right now, uh, there's a link on the bottom. Just go to facebook.com slash groups slash entrepreneur business group. Every time uh, I mention it, I'm so proud because for five years we've been building a group with some wonderful members in there and just some really you know, exciting things people come up with, some really good value, great posts. We do giveaways all the time. If it's not money, it's usually books and things like that as well. So just a good community. Make sure you're joined if you're in this kind of space. And thank you for all of you for your support this year. It's been amazing. Um, Just want to shout out those of you uh, jumping into the podcast. If you go to iTunes or if you go to Spotify and you want to listen to the podcast, go for it. And um, uh, if you just search Richard Moore Startup Business Q&A, you will see it right there. Thank you 
all of you who have been doing reviews. Um, we rolled out the podcast again uh, a couple of months ago, a few months ago now, and um, just really, really amazing the reviews you guys are giving me. So thank you. Uh, and all those five stars, I'm really appreciative of. So if you're if you're a podcast listener, then do go and listen to this. It's just the live version of this. Shout out to Gerline as well, who's helping out uh, in, in uploading that, adding things like the intro and all that stuff each week as well. I really, really appreciate it. And like I say, if you have any questions at all, ask away this week. Uh, we're not going to be uh, on a particular, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, agenda or, or topic. It can be literally anything you'd like. But let's get into the first question from Jennifer Henderson. Hi, Richard. What is the best approach to promote your Facebook group to get your ideal client? Well, my Facebook group has been an interesting one because I really wanted it. I think what I've done really well with it is massively focus on that group being a place where I just focus on value for the people. And it's not it's not heavily leveraged in terms of um, massively focusing on, on trying to convert people all the time. Uh, it's definitely a case that I love the idea of a community. I love the idea that to a degree I'm responsible for some people getting some really great impact there. But to answer your question directly, to get an ideal client, what you've got to understand is that that group is entry level. That's like the first rung of the ladder um, in terms of the level of value that's being given beyond, of course, just free value. So what's happening is people, the transaction, if you like, to get into the group is someone has to answer some questions. Once they're in the group, it's like, you know, there's, there's no obligations anywhere to do anything. They don't have to pay to be there. It's free and easy. But what happens is you tend to find that you start seeing that there are the same kind of people like to show up for your content. Over a while, over time, you get to know them and you get to connect with them a bit more and more. And what's interesting is that they tend to um, they tend to kind of step forward if they're quite keen on what you're doing. I do think a really good test is that in addition to um, letting them organically kind of self-sell and come through to you and check you out and decide what they want to do in terms of maybe buy from you, there's also a really good thing of just gently offering very low ticket offers, uh, which I've done in the past a fair bit, and seeing who takes them up, uh, uh, takes up on, uh, takes them up on them. And it's just interesting that it's often the same kind of people who will kind of harvest themselves and step forward. So to get your eye, to, to kind of promote your Facebook group, you want to think also, who do, who do I want to kind of, where are the people who I, who I want best to be, you know, watching this? And then, so I promote the Facebook group to those who are kind of in the entrepreneurial space. So I have, I obviously mentioned it a lot on this live stream because it's a similar set of people that would attend. And every single time I do a live show and shout it out, people then naturally step through and, you know, add themselves into the group. They, they invite themselves in. Um, but other things I've done are, you know, uh, last year I did a lot of the Entrepreneur Business Live events and I exclusively streamed these events from around the world only in that group. So if you can't make the event in, you know, New York or LA or Chicago or whatever, um, we would of course have their like like the live stream so people could still watch it and kind of kind of uh you know watch it virtually and and enjoy interacting and ask questions that way. And that was really powerful because it meant that people said, okay, I can't make it, but I really want to support. So I'll I will just I'll make sure I'm in the group. So giving people a good business reason to be in a group rather than just because they're a person or because they happen to be in a particular space, it is a really good idea. So what I'm saying here is try and create some 
deeper context to a reason why someone should ask to join. For instance, giving away Seth Godin's book this week, you know, is if you want to win it, it's dependent on you being in the group. And so there's always an element of favoritism there. Of course, I always give out and uh, you know a lot of attention to the people who show up just for the free content publicly posted in these in these uh, platforms. But for that group, they get that extra level of exclusivity. If I do a giveaway of like fifty dollars, like I did last week, that's always in the group. That's always to my group. It's never anywhere else. If I do the live stream, like I say, for the for the live events I do, they always that is always into the group rather than anywhere else. So it just means they get an extra level of service, and that tends to attract the right people in the right way. So something I would suggest you think about. Think about also this idea that when you're in the group, when you've got them there, you've got an opportunity to have the kind of you've got to have the right balance <clears throat> in terms of the value you're giving. So make sure there's a strong value debt being created. And the, the concept of a value debt is that you you basically give people so much value and feel to a degree indebted to you, like they, like they owe you in some emotional way because you're giving them so much for free. So it means there's a lot of lean in and receptivity, which in turn converts to people feeling good about trusting you. And, um, you know, that that's really important. But consistency is there, the same old techniques, you know, being really uh, having good frequency about every day. I will have a post go out there. So so it's not like once a week we will continue to stimulate the group. And that's been the case literally from the start in 20, uh, 2015 when we began it. So a lot of a little there, but I think in the main, think to yourself, like, why would I want people to come to this group? And where would I get them? And give them good incentive to be there. Like, if you want to win this thing, you need to be in the group. Or if you want to participate in this, you need to be in the group and get the right kind of people and give them specific reasons to be in there. And slow and steady wins the race. You know, what I'm really proud of is that in five years, I could totally have made this an immense group and just added and added and added. But this is so organic. And in the main, I actually decline quests to join the group more than I accept them because the majority of them will be people just trying to get into groups so they can spam everyone. So if you're a real person and you're doing something legit and you genuinely want to be in the group, that works really well in terms of wanting to get, to get in. If you put a bit of effort in to answering the questions, you're not just trying trying to sell to people, then actually it works really well and, and people come in that way. And, and so you have this kind of wholesome community where people are genuinely in there for the right reasons. So that really, I say that really converts well. So really good question. Thanks for kicking us off. Jennifer, let's see who's watching right now. Thank you very much on Instagram. Uday Gerard, good to see you here. Uh, Elona Kombabulushifaka, good to see you here. Um, uh, M. Arcelodias, good to see you here as well. Funway, nice to see you here. Leapy Croft, Alan Langham, a man watching, good to see you here as well. Uh, Paul1 underscore Lewis, uh, watching on Instagram. Top Hill Advisors as well. Uh, Coach Kerry K, you watch every week. I'm so proud. Uh, to have people like you joining every single week. So thank you for that. Over on uh, Facebook and, and LinkedIn, make, remember if you're watching right now, pop into the comments, hashtag team live and uh, where you're watching from, or if you're watching the replay slash listening to the replay, uh, hashtag team replay and where you're, where you're listening from uh, as well. So Ajani Simpson Griffith, uh, reply to Daniel, hang on, let me sort this out. Uh, anyway, it's a whole conversation. I need to put the right messages up on the front. <laughs> Yanis, Richard, would leveling of B2B sellers have a point here on LinkedIn? Does it like it does in freelance work websites? I don't know what you mean by leveling. Uh, I think you might have mistyped there. Uh, please expand and I'll try and answer that 100%. 
uh, that would be, I'd be happy to do that. I don't know what you meant exactly. So no problem. Patricia Freudenberg, good to see you here as well. Um, looking for sponsorship for a fundraiser event. Any recommendations on how to approach prospective uh, sponsors? Well, this is the same as looking at like influencer marketing and so on. What's the leverage? Why would someone sponsor? People don't sponsor out of pity or because they've got cash. They sponsor because of beyond relevance, basically. So re relevance is your start point. Your sponsor should be relevant to the fundraiser event. And yes, you can ask people to sponsor based on, uh, you know, it being fundraising for, say, a charity. Uh, and that's the goodwill kind of angle. But certainly uh, beyond relevancy, you need to look at where your leverage is. So, for instance, we've had charity events um, last year for Entrepreneur Business Live. And the sponsors of those events um, were invited in because of the, the topic and the audience. So I could say to those those sponsors, look, we've got this many, like 40 people in the room who are running small businesses and they typically, they're showing up for three talks about content marketing and they are typically content marketers themselves. So the sponsors were those tools and apps and, and services that helped that kind of space. So those who do video marketing uh, as a service, those who do captioning and that kind of thing, they were the natural sponsors. So the question for you is, is what is the fundraising event about? or at least what kind of audience you're likely to, to draw and what kind of size, you know, if you have a decent enough audience. I remember saying to the sponsors, as well as those in the room, uh, you've got those watching around the world in the live stream, as I mentioned ago, a moment ago in the uh, Entrepreneur Business Group. And so there's a natural inclination to want to be in front of eyeballs. Um, I'm working right now with Restream, a marvelous uh, partnership. Uh, they gave me, of course, access to the platform and and sponsor this show, but that's be specific, specifically because they're targeting live streaming in the business space uh, on LinkedIn. And so I hit that sweet spot perfectly, plus because I have a decent amount of, of following and it converts therefore to eyeballs on these on on these um, on these streams. It, it, it's intelligent for them to, to make use of me that way. So it's the same principle. Relevancy isn't enough, but it must be there to begin with. Beyond that, what is your leverage? So how many people are going to be involved? Why? Sh what do they get out of it? And, and, you know, if it's just a goodwill thing, go ask for donations. But I think real sponsorship comes from knowing what the audience is going to look like. That can, that should hopefully really help. Uh, a few more people watching here. Yanis, good to see you watching from li uh, live from Athens. Nice to see you as well. Issy watching from Shropshire here in the UK. Uh, Daniel Nunes, questions, startup and business revelations that you gleaned from 2020. Revelations. So something that's really changed things. I do, uh, it's not a revelation. I'm going to cheat and not answer your question, Daniel. So it's not a revelation so much as a um, reinforcement of, uh, of what I felt would probably be right or true, is that Yes, in 2020, there's been slightly diminished appetite from those who would otherwise spend to invest and try new things and spend money on services such as mine. But there's also, there's always going to be always a set of people, a strong number, good enough for anyone to operate, a strong number of people who believe that there's still opportunity and they need to invest to grow. And even in hard times, and I had some hard times, uh, you know, in, in recent years with business, and I've I chose to invest and 
dig in and grow as opposed to hold my breath. And as far as one can do that, it's it's often the best policy. So, so I suppose what I'm saying is what's re been reinforced, Daniel, is that there's certainly been um, an abundance is an understatement, an abundance of people who are keen to um, bolster the best position they can uh, by learnings, for instance, through my LinkedIn client accelerator. I mean, it's every day. There are organic leads coming in for people saying, hey, can I learn about this accelerator? And when I do the certain steps of the process that I coach in it, people join. So, you know, there's no question of, of an interest because people are still spending because there's two mindsets in a hard time like this. One is, and again, this is based on industry to a degree. Some people simply can't operate. I get that. But typically the mindset is, I'm, you know, I'm a victim of this and there's nothing I can do. Or it's, I will spend to grow myself and, and, and get out of the problem by improving my situation and getting coaching of some kind or whatever it might be. And it's just been massive. Uh, the, the, the keenness, because I think, I think what I did with, with the product was really make it clear that this was something that's essential. Showing people how to convert in a year like this on a platform like LinkedIn rather than in real life may be massively relevant. Um, so it's been very valuable in that respect for people. But it doesn't take away from the fact that people are still happy to spend. No one's been discounted here. Literally not a single person who joined us discounted because they're happy to, to be involved in something that's going to help them directly in the best possible business way, if you like. So um, that's really stood out for me. It really made a big difference. And I really, I really feel that, um, uh, you know, it's made, uh, it's just, it's, it's just reinforced that, that belief I've always had that people are willing to invest in themselves. Uh, really good point uh, down here. Eric Pinto has added, really feeling sorry about self is no good. You're quite right, There's, you know, there often is a kind of an arc of emotions one needs to go through if hard stuff happens. And it, and it is human to feel a bit of sorrow if stuff goes against you. But the question is, how quickly do you like deploy your agility and move away from that and into a state of action to kind of to, to make the difference and, and, and invest in yourself or whatever it might be? Uh, and yeah, spending time with more learning, as you say, is, is absolutely the right thing to do. So. Uh, a good point. Ajani on Facebook has, has asked me, what trends have you seen develop for business in 2021? I think I think there's two things in, in particular. One is obvious. Look, we're going to very little is going to change in in terms of, um, uh, you know, the, the the virtual kind of video conferencing side of things being a feature or of the landscape. And there's no doubt that the vaccine will help many people. But I'm not expecting for any moment that I'm going to get the vaccine in the next couple of months. At the very least, it'd probably be considerably longer than that because I'm not old or, um, you know, uh, infirm or anything like that. I, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle bit where, where I'm deemed most healthy and therefore least uh, necessary to have the vaccine. So you, you'll find that it will be some time for, for us to therefore get all back into offices. So the virtual thing will happen for some time. And I think that I think that Zoom calls or, or virtual calls will, will probably take on an interesting, I think it will become more human doing business meetings because the phone call isn't dead, but it's getting replaced by Zoom calls so much more. It's become so normal for people in the whole, all levels of business to use video conferencing that it's no longer difficult for you to do it with, say, 
someone who's a, you know a little more out of touch with technology uh, because it's something everyone's kind of uh, accustomed to now and that's really great because in terms of persuasion technique uh, and selling and so on um you get so much more from doing a video call than you do with just audio in the same way as well you know whilst it's intelligent to have this converted to a podcast because that's a medium through which people like to consume my content in the main it makes sense of a video because you get to see me a bit more and you get to get a little bit more um, kind of emotional articulation than just audio will achieve. So it's just so much better to have video as one of the devices we use. But the other thing I'll add here, Ajani, is that I think that the culture of business will need to change and that will happen from the bottom up. And what it what's happening, there's a report that came out, it was actually posted on uh, one by one of the LinkedIn editors this morning about how I think in the UK, something like two thirds of adults have, have um, have admitted to some kind of mental distress this year and, and that might be some level of stress basically that they're they're encountering and i think that what this leads to is whilst mental health and well-being was always a feature of, uh you know of our lives and and work because the working environment matters and in the recent 15 years there's been this crescendo of noise and, and action taken about improving culture in the workplace i think it's been accelerated a lot in the last few months and what we'll find is in the coming year there'll probably be a, a far more progressive view of what work needs to look like sure you need to work hard and it's not about having time off it's about having a, a different view on on how people work in their day i'd be really interested in people's views on this if you want to share in the comments what do you think work culture will look like so for instance there possibly be greater tolerance for flexible time in work, uh, a little, and you know, understanding, especially because most people in the coming months will still be working from home or have to have some level of isolation. That actually, um, that they can't operate in the same way as they might in an office. That um, probably makes more sense to have a slightly different way in which the day is structured. But there'll be more of an inclination towards, um, you know promoting things that help people uh, with, with their mental state, whatever that might look like uh, in, in their workplace, which is now typically a bedroom or an office or something like that, a home for many. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. And I think that mental health side in all of its multifaceted forms um, will really, really develop in this coming year beyond what it already has done. It's a really good question, Ajani. That's just my, my view, but it'll be interesting to hear what other people have to say um uh so yeah really good question let's jump into the giveaway so if you're not in the entrepreneur business group bang on about it enough you should be so if you go to facebook.com slash groups slash entrepreneur business group or one word or just search for it, it comes up top uh it's four and a half thousand members that have been there for like five years it's a great group for just helping each other out it's a really good community it makes a lot of sense for you to jump in there and engage with all the other people who are similar to you i do giveaways all the time because i think it's good to uh, give back to the community as much as i can beyond just posting and um uh, so this is the latest giveaway last week it was 50 dollars plus a bunch of other things this particular one is seth godin's latest book i don't know if he's bestseller but i think it's like 19 bestsellers so far so presumably this is his 20th because i wouldn't i'd be stunned if it isn't just because of his following but um I'm a big, this is like, it's important to kind of share like that one of the theses in here. I'm a big fan of this idea of outcome-based focuses each day. And what I mean by that is this idea of, of like 
having an outcome and steering towards it rather than just doing work. So having a real sense of direction and intention about literally every action I take um, as opposed to, oh, I'll just do some work and it's relevant, therefore it's right. It's like really choosing, and a better word is actually curating the kind of day I'm having um, uh, to make sure I get the most from it. So intentions and outcomes makes a lot of sense. But what I like here is that he's, he's and I'm not gonna stop that because of this book, but I remember like, it's interesting early on, he talks about the difference between um, kind of more the, the old school industrial um, focus on output. And the idea is that we do certain tasks, we do those tasks to get a certain output. But the trade-off now, it's like my book review, isn't it? The trade-off now isn't so good as it was, and it's not as predictable that we get certain great outcomes, good emotional returns for our work and so on, because because actually that, you know, it's it's not so powerful a thing to just go through the motions, not be, and, you know, and it makes sense to not be rewarded quite as much. So what he's arguing is that there's greater love in focusing on your art and your art in his terms being human output based on creativity and at your best. Um, and the focus being on enjoying the practice. So the actual practice, the doing as opposed to the outcome and, and very much the idea being that there's less, um, so there should be, should be a real belief that it doesn't matter if, if it fails, what your art is or whatever it is, whatever endeavor you take, but that you try to create something, you know, magical. And that art, remember, that art might be your delivery of a spreadsheet as an accountant. It doesn't have to be an oil painting. It can genuinely is the thing you're great at. And I really buy into that quite a bit, but I feel that outcomes still matter um, because I like steering into a result. So it's really interesting. And it's interesting also that I'm, I've always been a fan of process as the thing. And I think that's kind of what he's trying to get at. So like my favorite sculpture, a uh, sculptor, uh, Richard Serra, who works with big industrial, like rolled steel and things like that. To look at on face value, you're like, what's all this about? It's just a lump of metal, but that's not the point. It's, that's a perfect kind of um, uh, desi like design version of what's being described in this book. It's that Richard Serra is all about the process used to make the the art as opposed to the actual art itself. Um, so, so it's interesting, uh, this kind of thesis. So I'm really, I had to give this away. I, I, I finished reading it recently and uh, I think it's fantastic. So this, you know, it talks about shipping creative work. He's been famed a lot in the past about being creative, about doing your art and also about shipping. Shipping being completing and just getting out there because then you can work iteratively as opposed to trying to work in this kind of pursuit of perfection which doesn't really get you anywhere so the question i asked on the entrepreneur business group was what person has inspired you the most to take action based on this book i wasn't just going to say inspired you the most and it had to be a real person so not you know not like not like jesus or oprah or elon musk unless you've met those people <laughs> then uh, then it doesn't count so someone you've actually met in 2020 who's inspired you the most to take action Put in the comments below, I'd be really interested to know, Not don't just put the name or tag them, but put why as well. That'd be really interesting. So shout them out if you want, that'd be really awesome to see. If you tag them, it means that the rest of us watching uh, can, you know, hundreds of people watch this throughout the week, uh, replays and live. So it'd be awesome for us to check out these people you so revere. Um, so do do let us know. But the winner, um, there, actually, there, are a few, there are a few really interesting ones. I discounted any of the 
suggestions of me that was really kind but like that would be really really a bit obvious if i if i gave a book to someone who said that but um, mona nairi uh so congratulations to you you're not gonna get you're gonna get the book said i met this guy from canada named giovanni masico and joined a thing he had called uh, dream circle on one of the calls i had with him he encouraged me to talk about what my dream was especially since i didn't know which way to go about the business that I wanted already, the impact. I took his advice and by doing so, I was able to get on three podcasts, become the VP of a nonprofit that changed its mission statement to incorporate the impact I wanted to make. Also, my day job is allowing me to teach curriculum that I developed. And most importantly, I got one client from the whole thing. Uh, baby steps, but built a lot of momentum I'll carry into 2021. That's just brilliant. I think it's really awesome when someone inspires you not just to take action, but that you get results from it as well. Uh, I'm massive on this. And if anyone's ever in, in the same kind of space as me, kind of helping people through advice or consulting or, or acting as a coach, you'll agree that what matters is not just imparting the advice. Everyone loves to talk. Talking is easy. But what really is awesome is making sure you're focusing on like, like massively getting people the actual tangible results because when they get results then you, you know you're you're really showing them you know what you're talking about and like the linkedin client accelerator nothing gives me more pleasure than when, when people say i did another deal this week there's someone last week who said um like, like i've done another three thousand pounds or something like that. so she's made she's had like a five-figure month this month because of the stuff i've shown her and that's the kind of thing really matters so that's my art, if you like. But I really love this idea that no, the, the key part for me here that, that did it and gave, that made Mona the winner here isn't just that she met someone or even just the results, but it's, it's I took his advice and then did it. And I think that's really the thing that stands out the most. So really awesome. Well done and congratulations to you. I'll ship you the book uh, in true Steph Golden form uh, as soon as I can. Moody Blue 2, nice to see you on Instagram. Thanks for watching. Gonzalez Soto 716 as well, HHT Fitness, Mirav Levine, awesome to have you here, Dina JIII, good to see you as well, uh, Lee Bassified as well, my goodness, loads of you here, Patty Barbieri, I really hope to continue um, collaborating with you and your college in Valencia next year, thank you for joining in, uh, let's see what else we will have to say, uh, Patricia Freudenberg from New York, I believe you're in New York, has added, in the book Creative Visualization, it says that people usually want things to do, want things to do things to be happy. But in reality, people have to be happy doing things they have to have what they want. Sharing this tidbit because your explanation on setting goals reminded me. Good, glad it helped. Thank you so much for watching. Abene, uh, how, where's your comment? I'm gonna share, is it Abene or Abene? Abene, I think. Can you tell me if all Richard's sessions are recorded so I can watch them? Yes, they are. Again, shout out to Gurleen. Thank you for organizing this. She's an amazing assistant here. So you can choose. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I've been a Benny. Um, you, I'm glad you asked. So you can you can listen to all the live streams on the podcast. So iTunes or Spotify. Just search Richard Moore Startup Q&A and you'll see it there. Um, and thank you in advance if you choose to review and heart, you know, hearts to you if you give me uh, stars and, and a review um but you can watch them all if you go to the there's a nice little orange button at the top top of the page that says q a uh or you can watch them all here like they're all they're all archived if you like as posts so just scroll back through them uh alternatively where else can you watch them uh that you can go to instagram 
and after the live streams they're all uploaded as igtv episodes so just go back and watch them all there's quite a backlog of any so we've got this is episode 231 they're between 45 minutes and an hour so if you want you could watch them literally non-stop and you would still be watching if you started now after today's session you'd still be watching them in the new year <laughs> that's how many we've done so if you want to go crazy you can but yes you can absolutely watch that they're all recorded and then uploaded on so you can see the replays on facebook under videos you can watch them here on linkedin under posts you can see them on website on the richardmore.com you can watch them on igtv as episodes you can listen to them as podcasts wherever you listen to your podcast as well i hope that helps for you good stuff um and so let's go on to a couple more questions safer care from berlin on facebook has asked i'd love to hear your take on how niche is too niche cheers so i have this concept that i really have deployed and work and it's been marvelous for me so i'm not saying it's the only thing to do but it's important firstly it's crucial to remember and i'm gonna i'm not gonna use this a certain phrase about riches being in this this area of discussion i'm not going to use it because it's irritating after a while but i I'm, i will say that the more niche you are i believe the better it is the worry people have about going too niche is that they'll cut out so much of their audience that no one will actually show any interest that's typically not true the mistake for instance is if you're a recruiter as an example and i only post the actual job i actually want uh, as my content uh, that I want people to fill as my content. I'm not going to do very well then because like very few people are going to be either relevant, know someone or, or like like want the job directly themselves. It's, it's probably a mistake. So I want to track them in a different way. But I do think that like you'd be surprised how niche you can go. So hyper niche in my wording, if you like, is is a three layer filter. So I have this idea of what who and where built in. So my niche isn't just sales, because you could say I help people with business in general. Business is a niche, you know, it's in, in a way. It's a thing I focus on. Sales is a niche within business. It's not enough. It's too broad and sales can include so many areas. And to be honest, sales massively leaks into marketing nowadays, leadership and all this other stuff as well. So I've gone far deeper and it's it's just works so well. So for me, I help consultants get clients on LinkedIn. So my focus is that the first area is I is the type of people. So so who it is is consultants and coaches, but mostly that kind of space. Automatically so many people aren't relevant. And for many it's like I help coaches get business. It wouldn't be enough. So I help them get clients, specifically focusing on conversion. Not content in general. I'm not just a LinkedIn coach. It's focusing specifically on that moment where you pivot from being an interested set of eyeballs to actually wanting to step forward and say, hey, could you tell me a bit more about your service? Getting people to come inbound. That artistry is crucial. Otherwise, you're posting content and getting yourself nowhere. So converting from audience to opportunity and beyond, so the close as well, because that's you know, been the space I've operated in all my career, is really uh, a, a really important additional niche. It's not just consultants that I help. It's consultants to get them conversions to, you know, in terms of new clients. But then the third layer is where. So we've already got who and what, what being the, the get clients part, and where being on LinkedIn. 
And people are like, whoa, man, what about Facebook? You're killing yourself here. You're not you're missing Facebook. That's a great place for business. Of course it is. And of course, a lot of the techniques are, are applicable there. But tell me, what's the platform where there's the greatest context of business? Well, it's LinkedIn. So it makes sense to operate there. Plus, it's way more generous with its algorithm than the other platforms. You cannot compete in terms of a better place to operate. If you're a consultant doing business to business, then that's the place to operate. So the where is LinkedIn. So you need to think about what your three are. It could be something else. You could, might have a different device other than where, for instance. But by adding this hyper niche of three different layers, what you get is cutting out a huge number of people to just have consultants. Of the consultants, I'm focusing on those who are just trying to get clients. You think that'd be everyone, right? But some people operate differently. Some people feel they've got their own or whatever. Those are actively trying to grow a business and get clients. And what that does is help with the lead qualification for me. It means it tends to be people who are a bit more established, as in they've got a business at least, and they're trying so far you know, to, to get clients maybe not doing so well. But then further still filtering that small set, of, smaller set of people, it's still a huge number, um, and saying on LinkedIn means that they, again it further pre-qualifies these this set of people and says you need to have that you know that element of awareness that LinkedIn is a place you need to be focused on uh, and it's been brilliant because what it means is I get clients approaching me who are or prospects approaching me who are consultants sometimes coaches who are actively looking to get clients that's the bit they have the problem with not posting content or getting engagement. Many of them do fine engagement-wise, but to get clients and they understand that LinkedIn's the place. And so that level of relevancy is brilliant. So hyper-niche is crucial. How niche is too niche? Well, I think you can keep going and it does get a bit silly. I think that's a sweet spot in my opinion. So my hyper-niche concept is three layers. And that's what I urge you to focus on. It's surprising that you can go more niche than you realize. The more niche you are, against the um, the content you put out so that your signal you're sending out is so pure on that one area, the better you do, in my opinion, because you speak to the right kind of people. So really great question. Thank you very much. Safer, good one. Um, Sarah Kawamura, good, for you, good to uh, see you jumping in with the question. Thank you. Also on uh, Facebook, oh goodness, let me think, because I asked if she had a question. Yes, okay, income e-commerce, what do you think is the best platform for drop shipping? There's eBay and Shopify and some others, but what, what in your opinion, uh, what is your opinion on, on which is the best and why? And thank you. So if you are doing drop shipping, know about drop shipping or have some opinion or you know experience there, please put in the comments what you think. Okay, let us know what you think. What's the best platform for drop shipping and why? Don't just put one in, but why? I don't do drop shipping, and I would say probably they're fairly competitive. So go with Shopify, it's probably the most robust. But here's the thing, you might look at margins in terms of the haircut or fees you get. A lot of people have an issue if they run an online, online, you know, if they sell products online uh, with working through Amazon, for instance, because of the amount of fees they're taking. But the thing is Amazon has distribution. So the big question or what really matters is traffic and conversions not so much the platform. Your first sales when you start are what matter. Not how you got them or how much you get back, is getting the ball rolling. So if I'm just starting out, 
sure it makes sense to pick the right platform, but actually it doesn't matter that much. There's a really good saying, which is if you're not getting enough money, you need to go make more. And a lot of the way, this is why I actually used I actually used uh, PayPal for a while for smaller um, exchanges of money with, with clients because yes, you lose five percent, but like it doesn't matter that much. Five percent, like five percent, even of three thousand dollars, isn't that much. It's not that bad. It's only one hundred fifty dollars. You might be thinking one hundred fifty dollars, but it's not that much <laughs> if you if you're getting three thousand. So in terms of your platform, the thing I think people have a hang up over aside from user interface and experience and so on is how much they're going to get um you know how many how many kind of fees they'll be paying or what, what kind of percentage cut they'll be losing uh, to to the platform operator but how easy is it when when a platform is going to do it all for and include the distribution in the audience it makes a lot of sense so like it's it's funny it's, it's like people who complain about the algorithm on on linkedin right now yes views are down but hello they're all free and you have all of these people it's still outrageous what you're getting so even if we had a fifth of the engagement we used to get it's still outrageous for what you could be you know you're not paying any money for this so it's pretty amazing and i think that 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 your focus has to be, how do i drive traffic here how do i get I'm shipping superstars to put their two cents in here. It'd be really interesting to see what, what you have to add to that. Uh, if you're joining in right now, I know a bunch of you are, please put into the comments if you want as part of hashtag team live and where you're watching from or hashtag team replay and where you're watching from. Thank you, those of you who are listening to the uh, on the podcast. If you chuck me a review, I would really appreciate it. Thank you already to those of you smashing amazing reviews. I really appreciate that too. Next question, Ali, all the way from Jakarta, I think, aren't you? You've moved to uh, Indonesia. Hope you had a great Christmas. I'm taking some time off, but I'd like to know if you have any, if you use any scheduling tools for LinkedIn videos. No, I don't use scheduling uh, tools. However, the superstar, the human superstar that is uh, Dan Norton, uh, who's been editing for two years now probably something like that or a year and a half or so um he like so all the video you see on linkedin aside from this live stream all the video you see is produced uh, is like edited and made by him he's an amazing guy he, like z like zips through the live stream that i run here with with restream takes it out and creates the clips that's something that's outsourced uh, and i batch usually the content that goes with this stuff but i don't schedule it because I believe that it makes a lot of sense to make sure you're babysitting the content. I could just post it and run, but I have found this is my personal experience and I've done really well through LinkedIn um, that my that is best to focus on. In fact, what I mentioned in the previous answer to Sarah's question, that distribution and traffic is, ma is matters the most. And what, that, what really the best place to do together is to be there with it live post then go out and get your audience go mention it to people go and you know in a meaningful way speak to people and say look there's this bit of content i know it's relevant to you i know the audience would really appreciate your opinion what do you think 
tagging some people, showing up for the reply, for the, uh, for, to reply to the, uh, you know, the comments as well. Just being present for the audience means rather than scheduling and running off, I'm actually there because the aim here isn't to tick the box of how I posted today. The aim here is to make sure I'm getting something meaningful from this engagement with the platform. And something meaningful is not I posted content today. Something meaningful is driving hundreds of likes and like dozens and dozens and scores of comments of people saying, hey, this is really useful. Here's my paragraph of opinion and getting into conversation with them. And of course, ultimately for many, uh, converting them into something more of an opportunity. That's where the magic is. And that's why, in my opinion, scheduling is a mistake unless you want it just scheduled so it goes out, but you still then show up at that allotted time to babysit the content. And, and by babysit the content, what I mean is be there in the comments as the, as the post goes live and as people start to show up. It is huge. Far more important than content is community. That sounds cute, but it's true. What it means is engaging with the people itself themselves. Make sure you're doing that. Imagine if I was on here right now and never mentioned any of you. It wouldn't make sense, would it? Oh, you know, it makes sense to mention 16 Ramos, Jeremy, Candele, Lara, one, uh, Chef, side what you gonna do, uh, Liebersified, uh, Travers J, David Constantino, Rennie Pink Brick, Dharma, Sir, Sasha, Norm, Hands-On Approaches, Patty Barrier, and so on, all these people watching on Instagram. Imagine if I didn't engage with you lot. So kind of pointless. So it makes sense to give back a bit or at least engage and interact with, with the people for whom the content is for. So that's a longer winded answer, but there's my rationale behind it, Ali. I wouldn't schedule because there's no magic in just ticking a box of I posted today and doing nothing with it. If you're going to use social platforms, the only thing you should be doing is remembering that content is a, is a part of a process posting content is not using social media correctly posting content is a tool you use to act as gravity to get an audience that audience then shows up and engages like 16 ramos here's right here has done hey richard great stuff thank you as really kind of you to write a comment and that that validates that person's decision to show up and because there's a bit of interaction they might show up again that then means you're starting to build something of a meaningful community unless you can be bothered to do that there's no point because you're posting and leaving and you're not showing up for the thing that really matters is the engagement that comes as a result of having the post the post is there to make statements and commentaries and and and, and set your side as a thought leader or whatever but it's absolutely essential that you understand it is part of the process not all of the process content drives engagement and engagement is where the where the opportunities happen that's you getting into into the weeds with the uh, with the people who are watching and uh, and saying thank you uh, for the you know for the interesting comment you wrote or thank you so much for showing up or whatever it actually is um, and then following up with them as I just have I just taken down 16 Ramos's um, um, uh, account and I will you know write a message off and say thank you so that really really matters to get that bit right I really hope you agree with that because otherwise you know it, it's so many people think that they just have to do this social media thing and it's just banging out a post every day and they don't know why like 
think about why you're doing this it's, it's to get people to show an interest right and it doesn't ever happen on its own which is why i'm getting a bit ranty because i know that for some not necessarily you ali but for some scheduling is a way of just kind of fire and forget having a fire and forget approach to the week with their social it's like it's all it's all queued up i don't have to think about it now it's done no you need to be there for who are bothered to show up because the show isn't the main event it's the audience there it's that's what you need to be getting into it's social media after all so really good uh really good questions today thank you so much i just want to shout out to um uh, restream thank you very much for sponsoring this every single week if you want to try live streaming and you go to restream.io slash join slash richard moore or one word m double o r e you automatically, because of me, you automatically get $10 of free credit to use on the platform. So you might as well try it. Any of you trying um, uh, live streaming or, or haven't tried it yet, that's the way to do it. If you are not bothered about the platform, well then have free free credit, you might as well, and you can get a bunch done that way. Uh, I think it's a really good idea. The nice thing about it is that it gives you the opportunity to do recordings and so on. And, uh, you know, download as audio, which is how I produce the podcast or download as video and, and do things with it as we do in terms of the repurposed content throughout the week. So jump in there, reaching.io slash join slash Richard Moore. And thank you so much for them uh, and their continued partnership. I want to finish by saying, uh, well, I hope you have the best end to your year. Thank you, everyone, for the amazing Christmas messages last week. And gifts. People buy me presents. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Congratulations to Mona Myrie. Christmas came late this year, but you get you won uh, the practice by Seth Godin. Congratulations to you. And um, this is it. This is the end of 2020. And it's funny. People are like, oh, that's it. 2020 is done. All the bad stuff's done. There'll be a lot of carryover. There's a lot of stuff to get through next year. But at least we're getting conditioned to what hard can look like. So best wishes to all of you. Can I just say... Anyone who's come for the first time or, uh, or anyone who's come for like, um, you know, many, many times to this particular uh, live show, I really, really appreciate it. Um, the only reason this show has lasted for was now four and a half years, consecutive weeks, 230 weeks, 231 weeks, is because people show up and ask questions like this. So thank you. Um, there's some level of endorsement in what I have to say in that. So it's really amazing. And, um, you know, let's keep going and into the 2021 will take us through to the fifth year of doing this is crazy stuff live every week. Um, but thank you so much. And this year has been a trial for many. and I get that. And if there's anything I can do to help, then you must get in touch uh, and and ask away. But at the very least, stay safe. Thank you very much for joining. And I will catch you all really soon. Um, a couple of people are asking just now, what are the links? Just to finish, on the, uh, I'm putting it here. Um, so for Jeremy watching on Instagram, it's on, it's on Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm afraid. But if you want to join the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook, it's facebook.com or fb.com, both work, slash groups, slash Entrepreneur Business Group. And if you want the Restream $10 of free credit, go to restream.io slash join slash Richard Moore and you can access that you automatically you don't even need to do a coupon it gives you just ten dollars straight away so that will hopefully help you thank you so much everyone have the best end to your year um that is possible 
whatever your circumstances. Thank you for your support. I really believe, really believe, um, you know, it's uh, it's good for me <laughs> to have this. Uh, and I really appreciate your, your kindness. So thanks a lot. Have an amazing, amazing Monday. And I'll speak to you all soon. Take care.